Welcome to the Conscious Creative Podcast, your weekly dose of soul-to-soul conversation that will have you saying peace out to your nine-to-five to explore in your sacred calling. The topics center around conscious business and interviews with the folks who started them. We'll be exploring the art of being human and what it takes to live your life fully expressed and financially free. I'm Christina Gomes, and I went from high-paying job as a psychotherapist to leaving it all behind for my desire to travel the world playing my original music, to becoming the CEO and solopreneur founder of FreeYourCreativity.org, where I help visionary leaders create the businesses of their wildest dreams. If you have a sacred calling, stick around. My prayer is that you become the permission slip for the collective as you hear the soul-inspiring stories that call you forth into creative action. Let's get to the soul. Hello. hello. Welcome to day two. I am about to invite our lovely speaker, Kyra, in. Welcome. Welcome all of you out there who are enthralled and here and showing up daily, watching the replays. This is my honor to share with you some really amazing people. And let us invite Kyra and in, Kyra into the room. Hey, babe, it's so good to see you. Yeah, it is so good to see you too. <laughs> I love these interviews because it's really like old friends chatting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> amazing. So I am just going to let you introduce yourself to the people because it's just like in your words, it's mm-hmm. it just resonates with me so much what you're doing and the work that you're doing in this life. I have a few yeah. questions for you, but I just want to let you introduce yourself to the Absolutely. audience. Hey, what's up? I'm Kyra Maestra. Hello, everybody. I am a somatic therapist and a trauma specialist, and I teach other coaches and healers how to safely add psychedelic medicine to their practice. Um, I teach a blend of modalities that I picked up from somatic experiencing therapy, which is the world's best trauma therapy, but then also developed my own techniques of working with that therapy in conjunction with psychedelic medicine. So this is, as far as I know, the first somatic-based way to facilitate that was actually created for psychedelics specifically. Um, and somatic just means body based, um, but it's also a way to move the awareness around. And I'm sure we'll get into talking about lots of fun aspects of this, but it's really exciting to me too. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And just to give people a little background, I met Kyra on a mountainside and we were singing songs and it's so fun to ch- kind of just show up in the world, like fully expressed and as ourselves and see who we connect with and then slowly as we're learning about each other and developing our work in the world, it's like to see you and myself like grow side by side in really deepening in like what we came here to do. And what I love about what you just said is you have pioneered a new way. (laughs) And it's just giving permission to the people in this audience and so many of my clients to really just say, like, I, I am a soul led leader. Like what that really, really truly means is that we're receiving <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, like, Hey, there's a better way. There's a new way. There's something that only I can bring to this world. Mm-hmm. And this is why I wanted to have this showcase to really showcase <laughs> like all the beautiful things that we can do in this life. When we own that, we 
are conscious creators and can create whatever we wish to see in the world. (laughs) So I wanted to thank you for your work in the world. But I wanted to ask you a question also um, that I'm asking everybody is before you were this amazing leader and somatic professional, uh, what was was your work in the world? Like, what were you doing before you made your sacred calling your full-time gig? So I was doing a lot of things that had nothing to do with my soul-led calling, which I know we have in common. Um, Wait, before we move on from that, though, I just want to have this little note in here because imposter syndrome has really been on my heart lately. And I wrote a song about it yesterday. And I also just want to say your audience, probably in particular, may know me as Maestra from Maestra Music. Um, And so I, I am a musician. That was part of what I was doing before I was doing this. And it wasn't like I was doing it to make money. I was mostly doing it because I just can't not. Um, but what I was doing to make money, it's so funny because being a talented healer and making money are two totally different skill sets. I was a badass healer. I was a massage therapist for a long time. Before that, I was um, waiting tables. And just, and at one point, I went through such a traumatic experience in my mid-20s that I couldn't even wait tables and I got fired from my job. I was such a wreck. I was in a total trauma response, like complex PTSD. And I got fired and I just moved into a van because I couldn't afford a place to live. And I then became a real entrepreneur. I started working for myself. I ended up doing some cleaning gigs for people. And then I was cleaning a bunch of Airbnbs. And then I had, it was like peaceful work. It was like, I was so, so grateful for that work at the time. And then it kind of snowballed into me helping other people with Airbnb management And that was really stressful. And then it snowballed into me working for myself as a massage therapist. And then I was like, well, there is a point where eventually you're like, what about if I tried to thrive instead of survive? And I think you played such a key role in inspiring me to move forward because we had met, I think the last interview we did together, you called it broke mountain. We were just so both so broke. And also just like, loving what we were doing. You were doing voice activations. I was doing fun somatic workshops at the retreat centers there. And I think it's just, there is a point where are you trying to heal? Are you trying to get by? Are you trying to like have just a full workshop every month? Or are you trying to like blow it out of the water and do something world changing and and do something that really, really lights you up? Are you trying to thrive? Yeah. (laughs) I love that so much. Thanks for sharing and reminding. I'm still laughing about Broke Mountain. (laughs) Funny. We're so funny, clever songwriters. eh? But like really, it's like, wow, right. Like we even then I thought I was like this great, amazing leader and facilitator. And I was. So it's like we the, the thing that you said about imposter syndrome is like even back then because this imposter syndrome of like, who am I, who am I to, to, to really thrive in this world as like someone, as a creative, as an artist, like, aren't they supposed to like, just make just enough money and like put a hat out and be like, just get whatever you can from coins. Like, no, like the artists and the healers and the conscious creators are really rising. And I'm so happy that you've like chosen this like leadership role to train and help other people to actually um, have the skills to help people. That's what I think is amazing about the work in that you do is like 
some of us were like kind of born and knowing that we have these skills. And uh, I work with some people or I see people come to me and they're like, I really want to help my clients, but like, I don't have a modality. And that's what I see like, wow, like when you really switch from, okay, I'm having these workshops and like helping people to, to training the next level leader. I'm like, okay, we are on a similar path. Let's go. There's two things that I wish somebody would have told me at the beginning, which is like, there's, there's two aspects here in imposter syndrome. It's what are my belief systems around this? Do I believe that I, that making money is wrong? If I'm a creative person living from my soul, do I believe that there's like wrong things about money would be a good example of like a belief system that's holding you back. There could be many. Um, And the other thing is I just can't see myself as that. I can't see the version of myself that makes 10,000 a month. Like, oh, that's not me. That's not me. And it's like this resistance to beginning to ask yourself the question, what do I look like in that place? And who am I when I am doing that? And then allowing yourself to go in the process of becoming it. So it's like, there's two things here that I work with my people on because all my work ultimately is about subconscious rewiring. That's really what I'm doing. Psychedelics help, somatics help, but it's a journey of I am here and I would like to become a person that is here, that thinks and feels differently on autopilot. And how do we get people through that process? We have to do it first for ourselves. How do we get ourselves through that process? And all of growth is that process, you know? Oh, I love that. Yeah. When I was becoming a yoga teacher, it was like, oh, I'm going to be a yoga teacher. I'm going to have this skill. And then it's like, it's a life developmental course that knocks you down of like everything you believed and then start to build up. And so like imposter syndrome is an interesting um, energy because really when we're in that energy, we're not seeing that it's a whole process. And like looking back on us on Broke Mountain, like really owning even then like our leadership skills, but still needing that little boost of like, well, I can actually have a lot of money as a leader as well. And like a soul led leader, like, because when you have a lot of money, I can imagine as you a nervous system warrior, like nervous system aware, it's like, it, it helps you to not be like, oh, uh, like living in a van, which is not very <laughs> convenient to um, nervous system <laughs> regulation. I did fine. Also lived in a van. So many similarities between you and I. But you know, when you don't have a place to to thrive, a place where you can like just have healthy water and and all your beautiful spiritual tools in one place, like it starts to you feel a little frazzled. So. Do you, would you say that imposter syndrome ever held you back or it holds your people back? Cause that's my next question is like, whatever held you back from thriving sooner so that we can help people to get yeah. to their thriving place a little. With some people, it is like at the forefront. Like it's the one thing that they're just like, no, 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 I can't like there it's fear. It's um, you know, there's so many ways that it shows up for me. You can depress specific aspects of the psyche. So for me, I was actually depressing my imposter syndrome or my fear of not being good enough or my resistance to seeing myself in that way. So I wasn't actually aware of it. And I was just like, I'll just do whatever and I'll see what works and I'll throw shit at the wall until something sticks. And then I got to a certain point where I was like doing okay in my coaching business. I was making like 3000 to 5000 a month consistently. And I was like, how do I scale? Like, where's this marketing breakthrough? And I was actually looking for a marketing breakthrough. And I could not even figure out what questions to ask. 
And finally, I was like, what inside of me is not an energetic match for this breakthrough? And I did my subconscious rewiring techniques and I did my work and I discovered this epic fear of failure. And I think that was where the imposter syndrome had been hiding for like so long. And I just processed it for a week and I moved it through the body. And then immediately after that week, somebody turned me on to this book, which was everything I needed to begin really mastering online marketing. And it's so funny because that for most people, it's not like that. For most people, it's like it shows up immediately and it's, its voice is usually, but that's not me. But what if I'm a fraud? But I'm a fraud. And I was just like, so what? I'm practicing, you know, and that's a good, that's a good mentality. But whatever it's showing up as, it's showing up in the body and there are ways through it, you know? Oh, I love that. I love what you just said too, about people are looking for a marketing breakthrough and they're looking for a marketing skill or some hack or some way that, and it's just a way to prove that what they're already doing isn't enough. That's what I see of like looking for the next thing, coach hopping, like ensuring that they like obviously get the skills. Like if you want to be a somatics professional, like get the skills in that. We're both (laughs) highly trained in the work that we do. And that's not usually what's happening. It's usually people who are highly trained in the work that they do going like, but I don't know how to market. And, And I love helping people to go like marketing is talking to people. It's talking to people. And if you really believe in the work that you do and you work on yourself in these fear of failure, and I've also seen the fear of success coming up wildly for people of actually they're afraid of success at the same. They think they're afraid of failure, but they're afraid of success and what that means for their freedom or their inbox or Or their relationships potentially like. Right. Right. I have the opposite. I'm like afraid of a relationship because I'm like, what does it mean for my business? Are you going to distract <laughs> me? Or are you going to support me? So that's a whole, that's a whole nother thing. But it's uh. all so mad. It's, it's all living in the body that is like uh, repelling people or attracting people and marketing is attracting people. And so we want, I love, and we both do this work of like working with our thoughts, what's underneath the thoughts, what's lying dormant in the cells of our being. So that when we're talking to people and we're like, Hey, I love the work that I do. And I want to invite you into this program. It's not fake. Like you really love the work you do. You really want to help people. You really feel like you can hold energetically more people and more money. This is a process. (laughs) Yes. I think there's just this idea that I've come across with people where they think that there is like a right way to do marketing. And they think that like there's a right way and they haven't figured it out or there's a right way and they have to work with this coach because they've figured it out. And I'm like, I'm doing this kind of beta test to see if I can help some other people do the marketing in the way that I did it. And the way that I'm doing it is like, Here's all the methods I found. I use this piece from here, this piece from here, this piece from here, this piece from here, because I fucking wanted to. And, and everybody's like, wait, you mean you just did it because it felt good to you? And I was like, yeah. And you can also do it because it feels good to you. But ultimately what's at the core of it is exactly what you said is when I talk to people about my work, they're like, oh, you're such a good salesperson. And it's just because I'm excited. I love what I'm doing and I want everybody else to love what they're doing. And I know that I can help people. I know that I can do what I do with them. I know that I can teach them. I know that I can like break them through the things that are holding them back. And it's like, you know, I looked back at this year and I was like, 
from a coaching prompt that I was given. And I was like, what was the biggest successes of this year? And it was how many people told me I have changed their lives. Like what an amazing thing that you are good enough to do. Whoever's listening to this, like this can be the reality. All that it took for this to be my reality or probably your reality also is just us choosing it and deciding that we get to because we said so. Yeah, I should rename my program to like do whatever the F you want. (laughs) Yeah. Do it because it was said so. (laughs) Right. Because I have seen when people are doing what they don't want to do. And I offer marketing suggestions. I do. And when I'm working with someone new, I'm acceptance of their resistance or their pushback of like, I've tried that. It doesn't work for me. And so it can go both ways of like, are they not trying something that could really work for them because they're afraid because they're afraid of the success or they're afraid to burn out? Or is it really, really not aligned? Certain things like going live. And I'm like, really people, if you're not speaking face to camera to the people and just telling them how excited you are about the work you do, you're wasting a bunch of time. And I understand that it's scary and not everybody has the skill of public speaking, but I did not (laughs) have that skill until I practiced and practiced and practiced. So it's like, you can come into any coach's program and I actually offer people how to upgrade their live presence. And like, I, I do sing on stage, but like I also had to work through severe stage fright. So it's like, still, I don't know about you, but when I get on stage, there is this energy moving through my body that could, (laughs) could possibly kill me Keep doing it because I'm here for that as well. So we get to face these fears and like, let our bodies breathe in them, be in uncomfortable situations. And sometimes there's a better way for, for my clients. Sometimes they're like, I actually don't want to have a big launch. And I'm like, oh, right. You actually have to. And those people (laughs) always make amazing amounts of money. I love launching. So that's why it works for me. I love having three-day trainings, events where people can come. I love hosting things like this. Some people don't. Some people just want to write about what they do and call in that soul aligned client that they prayed yeah. for. And it always works for them. And I'm like, awesome. We get to really do what works for us, but we got to try and be <laughs> willing to fail. Actually. Yeah. I mean, speaking to that, I thought I hated launching. I was like, oh, that like feels like pressure. I don't like it. And now I'm in this period of time where I've like gained all of the self-confidence in what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And I'm so excited for leading big groups through a thing. And I actually have loved this launch. It's my first like real launch and I have loved it. I have thought it was so much fun. Yeah. And so it's like the things that you hate in, in how you decide to go about this. I think they do really change as you change. And I love that permission. I think so much of our work, both of us, is just giving people permission to just do it, to do it their way and to like give them tools to do it, how they feel like is their way and explore and believe in themselves and like believe that they could be bigger than they are and hold that vision with them and just give them permission to do what they want and to make the money they want. I love that about this work. It's so fun. I, I'm so excited for the people who are listening to this message. Uh, it's resonating with me. It's just like a mirror reflection. And oftentimes we think like coaching is this like 
thing. Like I'm not, I, I said to my cohort the other day to take the pressure off. I'm like, I'm really not here to like change your life in one session. I know that it, it will happen. Like, I just know that one golden nugget of wisdom is going to change someone's life, but we may not see the result of that for years. They get to practice and practice, but I am not here to change someone's life in one session. I'm here to open a channel for a message to move through and, and be that inspiration. And also so that the skill lies in the seeing what's underneath what they're saying is the problem. And I think you and I both have that skill of understanding subconscious uh, programming and going like, I can hear people's language. And something one of my uh, clients said was like, oh yeah, I have this fear of like taking people's money. And I'm like, there it is. It's in the language. We are offering an opportunity for people to buy something amazing. I get excited buying things. You see this gong? You know how excited I was when I bought this gong? <laughs> like, yeah. And a gong is like, I play it every day. But like buying your own uh, opportunity for transformation, buying a space held for you, buying a tool that's, that actually is going to transform your life. Like it's like so exciting to offer that opportunity to people as well and, and remain neutral about it. We're not taking anyone's money. We're, we're yeah. selling a service and opportunity, a, a, our, our, the gift of our presence and, and the, the lifetime of awareness that you have gained, like letting people in on that to help them believe in themselves too. It's so amazing. Yeah. So I don't know why we were giving this away for free, but yeah. like, <laughs> so fun. Well, that's, what's fun about it is that when you're financially taken care of, you can give things away for free. You can do things that are life-changing for people. I think what we picked up on in what you just said was the word taking and taking this person's money. And we immediately see, like me and my students play a game called Spot the Subtext. And I'm like, oh, taking, you don't see this as a fair exchange. You don't see this as an exchange of pleasure from one to another. I get pleasure receiving your money and you get pleasure in receiving this wisdom. And we both get exactly what we want and everybody is satiated and feels delicious. You aren't seeing it that way. And we see that in the word taking. And so, yeah, that spot the subtext thing is, is a really nice skill to have, especially when you're a healer. Because, you know, you work with these creatives and a lot of times that overlaps. Creatives are healers, healers are creatives. But I think healers in general have this kind of altruism thing, especially around money. Like treat yourself to a subconscious rewiring around money because it will serve you so hard. <laughs> and I know both of us have really done that work because I, I used to be the kind of person that believed that people with money were bad people. And I didn't even realize I was believing that until I did. And then I was like, whoo, that's not helping anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And I grew up like a working class. I've been talking lately about the working class conditioning versus wealth consciousness. And for those of us, even if we grew up wealthy, working class conditioning is in the media. It's in uh, the sitcoms we watch. It's almost like this um, badge of honor. I know I had it because I was like, look how hard I've worked to send my little brown ass to college <laughs> look how hard I work. And like, it serves until it does not, especially now, because actually our jobs are fun and they're not, it's like, I 
like today to prepare for this, I sat by the pool and pulled tarot cards. Like, <laughs> what yep. a gift! What a gift to choose this kind of role. And the hard work is that rewiring. The hard work is looking at the places and 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 not taking it personal. Looking at the places where maybe I've been a little constricted, maybe I've been hard on myself, and that's the hard work of like yeah. uh, releasing that conditioning to be hard on myself if I'm not getting it right and right away. Mm -hmm. So, and when I do that work, I'm more available to see that in other people and help them take the pressure off, help them not to stay so attached to the goal or the number, because that number is coming. Your 10K month is coming. But when you enter something with a new kind of curious mindset, like I'm learning how to do this, it comes faster than going like, Hey, I've joined this program. I uh, took one session. Well, excuse me, ma'am, where's my 10K month? And those <laughs> of us who have been like at this for centuries. <laughs> I'm not a vampire, but I am uh, reincarnated several times to <laughs> be a leader. It's like, okay, we just, the time is, it's coming. <laughs> we can chill around that. What would you say about that for anybody who's like, wants immediate gratification in this Instagram culture that we live in where it's like, where's my life? <laughs> Gosh, so much. I, I consider it this. I went through a phase of time where I kept asking myself, who would I be if this were easy for me? And I got to hold the pole in my business. And this has been one of the biggest pieces of permission that I've given so many other people is it gets to be easy. And not to say that if it's not easy, something's wrong. It's to say that you are playing a game of who am I when this is easy for me, which means when you don't get that, like, this is still that game of who am I being and continuing to become the version of yourself that does it and it feels good, that does it, and it feels effortless, that does it, and has a great time while you're doing it. Like, this is all, especially in business, money is great motivation to do something like this, especially when we really need the money. And it's like a real present moment reality because we got to pay rent, you know? But ultimately, what's going to make you the type of person that succeeds in starting a business selling your skills or selling your wisdom or selling your product is that it's a journey of you facing off with yourself. It's a journey of you. That's, and what you're saying is that's the hard work. That is the hard work because it's all a journey of what are you making everything mean when you don't get that? Like, what are you making it mean? Are you making it mean something that's dysregulating your nervous system? Or are you making it mean something that is positive that is going to keep you going? And it's that moment to moment to moment to moment practicing of who you're being. I love that. Mm -hmm. I want to share because I know that you love subconscious work and like this, this beautiful shadow work and really accepting. And I love how you say like, it's playing a game and, and this has, this has served me so much is recognizing that it's, it, it gets to be a fun game of how can I expand my capacity to hold? How can I be walk with more grace? How can I be more caring and loving to myself so that I'm more caring and loving to the aspects of my clients that haven't ex yet expanded to hold more or to see themselves with more grace. And, and they have that almost like, it's like an energetic, um, it's a resonance. It's like, I do less work because I just hold an energy of like, of, of pure acceptance, but I didn't always accept myself. 
but that new new is this um existential kink <laughs> have you read this book yes i sure it's required reading in my course of course <laughs> <laughs> i read this I don't require much of my clients except to show up. I'm going to require them to read this book. <laughs> I have to read, but I'm just like, you don't have to do anything I say, right. but you really should read these three books. And <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It's required if you want to, if you want to have more fun, because the true acceptance is like, guess what? Like we are all day, every day getting off on our suffering. And sometimes I'm like, Ooh, like just to actually totally allow it be like, I'm sad today. You know what? I love, actually love being sad. I love being sad. It's written me so many amazing, gorgeous songs. Mm-hmm. I love being sad. It, it reminds me I'm alive. I love being sad. And then it, and then it dissolves much. It doesn't turn into depression. Like you said, it doesn't turn into like, I am a sad person. It turns into like, let me just express this sadness in all the ways that a true Pisces moon would which is mostly like writing sad songs, <laughs> yeah. but like, or cry, you know, like uh-huh. I had such difficulty crying. And it's like, uh-huh. I used to shame myself for having difficulty crying. And it's like, no, my tears express on the page and uh-huh. accepting how you express yourself and enjoying it, enjoying yourself. I see you enjoy yourself. <laughs> I, I so enjoy myself these days, which is such a shift, such a change. Oh my God. So for anybody that needs a little context, BT dubs existential kink is basically it's a book with a code and the code is this concept and everybody should read it. It's, it's incredible, but basically it's whatever's chronically showing up in your life. And this is why I have people read it in the somatics training because somatics is a very creative way to move the awareness. But ultimately the goal is to lean into resistance while keeping nervous system regulation in mind. And so this concept in this book is about finding those chronic things that we hate that always happen. Oh, men always look at me that way. And it really bothers me. And I hate it. I hate it. I always hate it. And you lean into the part of yourself that actually like loves it. The unconscious part that you think is definitely not there because you hate that experience. Right. But you look for the piece of yourself that actually is kind of getting off on it. Like kind of like, it makes me feel like I'm better than them. Actually, I do love that. I do love feeling better than those men. I do love, you know, whatever it is that you can find pleasure in. And I did this with my panic attacks and it actually halved my panic attacks. Like I had been having them every week at the point that I discovered that book. And I like leaned into the intensity when one was starting and I was like, yeah, I love intensity. Like, bring it. Like I, I do love intensity in a lot of ways. And somehow I was able to do it there in that flow of energy and my body was like, oh, I can find myself here. I can find consciousness and awareness in what I was resisting. And then it resolves. And there's ways to do this in the body. Again, like somatics is so much about finding what is unconscious, finding what is the body is saying, you know, tracing what is true right now. And it's about bringing people into what is true right now on all of the levels of the being. And it's wild that it's the world's best trauma therapy. It's wild that it's the, which means it's the best at rewiring the subconscious, the unconscious. And again, it's all about leaning in. So that book is like, oof, real gold. It's like, it's so good. 
Like, I love what you said about better than like what I love about astrology and all these examples of systems. It's like, it's really, these are compassionate systems. It's like, there's nothing wrong with us. And this is the first awakening that I had was at the foot of a monk learning Vedanta, which is all about, we are actually like consciousness. We are actually God. We are actually this made of the same stuff. There's nothing wrong with us. And I'm like, are you sure, Mr. Monkman, that there's nothing wrong with me? Yes. And then he would uh, dialogue and do all the uh, the work and express why there's nothing wrong with me. And I'd be like, are you sure? Until I had this awakening, much like psychedelics, and we can get into that. But I had a psychedelic experience at the foot of the monk with no... Um, without ingesting anything. And so it it was like, oh, okay, yes, no, I am perfect. And I know that mushrooms and all these beautiful psychedelics um, can help as well. And so we can move into that kind of conversation because I wanted to let you know, like proud, like sister of like, I'm writing a book and it has nothing to do with marketing. Like everybody knows I'm like a marketing professional. Like some people know I sing songs, like, but this book is actually all my experiences with um ethnogenic medicine and like altered states of consciousness yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a surprise it's coming like it's starting to develop soon Ooh, but yeah. it, it does it it'll it rewires your nervous system it rewires your subconscious programming and i've had these experiences also at the foot of the monk so i wanted to um yeah ask how did you weave that work and decide like you're ready to weave that work into into yeah. your process get this. This is a really cool story. And I just want to like tell it to the world because I feel like everybody needs to know this. Um, when I, I went through this really traumatic experience in my mid twenties, I spent years trying to heal, like doing nothing, but trying to heal my nervous system. I was so dysregulated. I was so, I couldn't remember anything that happened the day before my short term memory was gone. I was having body rashes. Like I was having all sorts of complex PTSD symptoms. It was hell. And so I was like healing, like nothing else mattered because I couldn't be a human. I couldn't function about two years into my healing process. I was starting to sleep again and I was starting to do a little bit better with some of the symptoms and I discovered DMT and I never thought I would do DMT. Very long story short, I ended up doing a two year training with the woman singing in her ceremonies and getting trained to use this medicine. And I saw that there was I would describe it as a language that the medicine was speaking to our human bodies. And it involved five different elements of where it would move the awareness, the mind, the imagination, the body postures people would go into in the experience. So mind, imagination, posture, inner sensations of like, like tightness or, or relief or release and coolness and inner sensations and then emotions. And I tried to come up with my own therapy because I was like, I want to figure out how to do DMT sober. And then after a year of developing that, and I think that's when we met, I was doing workshops that I called play meditation, like play meditation. And then I discovered somatic experiencing therapy and it had all the same channels of awareness. And it was exactly what I was trying to create, but it had been developed over many years. So I took their training and I found, uh, and this is hearsay, so I'm not speaking for Somatic Experiencing International when I say this, but one of the people I studied with studied directly under Peter Levine, who was the pioneer of that therapy. And he said, Peter Levine would credit ayahuasca with teaching him this therapy. And so truly what's amazing about this therapy is that it's designed in such a way 
that it is a plant medicine journey sober. You're just doing exactly what the plant medicines do. You're moving the awareness and the mind in the same way that plant medicines do. And because of that, because of what I've developed with it, it means that you can do therapy with somebody, true therapy, when they are altered. And that when you're in integration sessions before or after a journey, that you're doing what the medicine is doing. So it's very coherent with what happens in the journey itself. And beyond that, when you add like personal development to it and subconscious rewiring to it and nervous system regulation with it, it just becomes this unstoppable therapy where you can, like the results that I've had in my, in my psychedelic practice alone as a psychedelic practitioner, people with lifelong anxiety completely shifted, completely changed the relationship with the anxiety, started feeling that same energy as pleasure, started recognizing that it was actually because they had never felt like they could be authentic with what they felt or thought in their whole lives. They're, they came for anxiety and they walked out into a different world is the way that he phrased it. Within two months or a person with two year long stomach pain that happened after a divorce, they had just like retching stomach pain for two years, completely gone within two months. When you work with people with these kind of subconscious based therapies, we think that personal growth has to take a long time and it doesn't. Sometimes it's just when you get that right spot, everything resolves. Mm, I love that so much. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hey there, visionary leader. If you're resonating with this message, I'd like to invite you into your next level life and business. Enrollment has begun for the Conscious Creative Business Immersion. This is my signature group container to help you design an offer so delicious, so juicy, so based on your soul gifts that you are thrilled to invite your soulmate clients inside of it. I'm going to teach you how to promote this offer with a ton of heart and to sell out this offer with ease to meet your revenue goals. I would love to have you inside if you are a visionary leader who knows that they are great at what they do. You'd like to collapse the timeline on how long it takes to reach consistent income with an offer that you truly love. Go to the link in the show notes to apply for the Conscious Creative Business Immersion. I will be sitting with your application individually, and I will send an email to let you know if you've been accepted in a few days after application. Thank you for trusting me with your vision, and I can't wait to see what we co-create. Oh, yes. Amazing. Soul-led leadership. It's like, you know, we've been through some interesting things and holding space. And this is what I'm sensing. <laughs> Somatically yeah. sensing. Yeah, it's yeah. like when you do the work first as a soul-led leader, all the experiences that you have had, you hold in your body these codes. And when you are holding space for someone, when either one of us is holding space for someone, those codes are transmitted. This is what I'm talking about lately is like, mm -hmm. and with one of my clients did, downloaded this on her own. She's like, 
after she was like, yeah, I taking people's money. <laughs> she actually reframed it herself. And was like, um, you know, a day or two later. And my clients really do a lot of work on their own after I offer a reframe or like see what I really see and offer a way forward. They are the type of leaders to sit and go, oh, okay. And she was like, oh, these people are buying. Yeah. They're buying something for themselves, but they're also buying like the years of practice and my energy and the Reiki that she's trained in and running through her palms. And like, they're, 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 not just buying um, from you know some someone that popped up and read a book and then is regurgitating like somebody that embodies it. So you take, I mean, we read. I read Existential Kink and then started teaching on the subject, but I embodied it first. I did the work on myself first, and now the codes run through us when we are in a ceremony in in sacred coaching containers. Like it, it's a different level. And so I want to make that distinction between leaders and entrepreneurs who like, you know, they solve a problem for people and the people that I'm working with and you and the work that you're doing and the people that you're leading, it's like, there's this level of consciousness and, and, uh, depth that I see as like coming forward and you are pioneering the integration between entrepreneurship and like depth. <laughs> Like so requiring. Yeah. Yeah. It's required reading. I love this. (laughs) You know what I just put together in talking with you is that so much of being a leader is about creativity. Because it's like you're you're faced with the problem, the same problem everybody has when they're walking the path that you have. And if you figure out how to get yourself through it creatively, which truly you're always doing, even if you're in a coaching container and the person is providing like open doors for you to walk through. You're still the one walking through them. And the way you walk through those doors is going to be really unique to you. And so there's this element of like what I've created. It wasn't because I like set out to be a leader. And I think very few of us actually do, or at least you're very few of the people I work with are like, I'm going to be a leader. I never really thought about that. But what I thought about was like, I see this thing that I think other people haven't seen yet at least on a big scale. And what if I could do that? And then like all of the most impactful things in my program that I created, I created because I was doing the work and then I saw a thing and I, and I creatively figured out how to teach that thing and how to like bring it into a bigger light and how to like shed more light on it. So it was like that process of becoming a leader is oftentimes about being creative enough to lead yourself through a process. (laughs) Because people can sniff out, like, is she just saying something that her coach said? Oh, I, know. Like, I feel like you always tell. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's how to market is to go first. Mm-hmm. Because when you are embodied in what you teach and you're embodied in your message, like I, I always tell my clients, like, like you, they don't have to think like me. Because I actually, like, I, I love helping people create a message. That's not what their programs are about. I love helping people craft an offer put it together because I'm very organized in my Virgo ways of like, this goes here, that goes here. Like I can see the systems and what goes first, what goes second. And not everyone has that skill, but they don't have to. I'm co-creating with them and they can be like channeling like ideas from, I I work with people who are owning their channel. They're like, I speak to angels. (laughs) And I'm like, amazing. Great. Like 
well, what comes first in your program? Let's take it down to earth so that they can actually have a tangible (laughs) thing to offer people and and be able to express it in a way that makes sense for everyday people who maybe want to talk to angels, but don't have that skill. But like, how is it going to change their life? How is it really going to impact their life in this earthly realm? Super Virgo, but... (laughs) It is super Virgo and it shows in your program because it is so organized and easy to follow. Oh, thanks. Just, yeah, you went like, inside. It feels like you look at it and like I'm a Gemini. So my whole thing is about communication. And I, I approach that in a different way where I'm just like, okay, well, it makes sense to me in my logic mind that in order to communicate that you would need to start with this and you need to go here first. But it's all kind of like, it's definitely for the person that is a little bit more um, fluid, whereas your program is so, it's so easy to just be like, bum, 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 and everything builds on itself. And it's really like, it's kind of the same way that I lay things out when I teach people, like part of my program is about how to build a business with the psychedelic facilitation. So the first month we do somatics and learning all things somatics, and we practice it through the rest of the program. The second month we learn all about psychedelics. And then the third month we learn how to craft an offer that we can actually make money with. And so the the goal is that everybody has a day long immersion that's worth a thousand dollars so they can learn to make a thousand dollars in a day. Cause I remember that for me, when I started out where they are a thousand dollars in a day was life changing and also felt potentially possible. And so like, that's where we start. And then we teach them how to build out bigger, like longer three month immersions, which is like typical with psychedelics, but just to have something that they can offer like that and to know who's a good fit for that. And so part of it, like, I love teaching the business stuff because it is all about communication, learning how to communicate and craft that offer. It's a really creative process. I love that messenger. I work with a lot of Geminis. My North node is in Gemini. So it's like uh-huh. this, this expression and being the messenger. And now we know that Mercury is in retrograde, but what I'm loving about that is it's offering us a time to reevaluate our messages and reveal our true selves to our audiences. And I just heard with such clarity, the benefits of your offer. And that's the uh, key. In marketing is like, okay, they might be going wild, like having, they might even like, uh, like, ha- like release a lot of trauma from themselves and like, cool. In the third part of this program, I heard it in order, like third part of this program is like, then we get tangible. Like once you've released the trauma for yourself and you can see yourself as someone who can craft something, then we get into crafting that offer. And I love that part of it so so much my whole program is about crafting the offer because we can't really sell anything that we don't actually have yeah and you picked up on something that I really didn't even say because you're great at spot the subtext my favorite game (laughs) which is that when you learn the somatics first then when you get to the business stuff we get to practice the somatic therapy on ourselves and on each other as we get past the money issues, the self-esteem issues, the imposter syndrome, all the stuff that comes up is like, what a great gauntlet to practice all the subconscious rewiring we've been learning. And so it's like not only making people better at somatic therapy and like giving them embodied experiences, getting over their own stuff, but also then doing the actual work. So doing the energetic strategy and doing the actual strategy to get an offer out there. You know? <laughs> So you're all seeing out there, 
Um, we're going to close very soon. I could really talk to you for always. I have a discovery call <laughs> coming up soon, uh, <laughs> but I loved this conversation. And for all of you out there, like what the biggest takeaways that I'm learning from this conversation and, and re like re-experiencing <laughs> in my body is that it gets to be both. It gets to be all three rather. It's like mindset is a thing and our mindset, when we change our mind and not just the conscious mind, but the unconscious subconscious mind, then our energy naturally uh, changes. And we don't, it's like, or we could go the other way, we'll do this energy work and, and change the mind. But it's like this circle fluid thing because strategy needs to happen, but there is no strategy that is going to work if you don't actually like have the capacity to practice it consistently. And mm-hmm. consistency is a devotional I, I see the consistency in my business as devotional. And are there times that I wake up like today? I, I just got my moon this morning. So I woke up and I did the work of sitting with myself, drinking my tea, pulling the tarot card, because I knew that like, it like, I just wanted to crawl in the bed, but I also know that speaking to you <laughs> helps my audience helps me like, remember who I am. Like hosting these interviews is who I am <laughs> so chatting with amazing, talented people who are mere reflections of me is only going to help my audience, my people, my clients, and myself. And you give you a, this opportunity to like share your medicine with the world. Like what you like, it's such, we get to more and more become the natural expression of the embodiment of what we do each day. I think there was a point Yes, yeah, all three. <laughs> and let me, I, can, I can tie it in together is that nothing is going to work no matter how good the strategy is, nothing is going to work if you're not being an energetic match to succeed. I could have looked for a marketing strategy forever. I could have tried a million things. None of them would have worked because I was so afraid I wasn't good enough. And so it was going to subconsciously sabotage everything that I did until I was that thing. And so mindset and energetics are such a huge part of the strategy. Because those things have to be in place too. So all three of it has to work cohesively. Holistic, holistic, right. And devotion. So we're end on devotion. I like to say devotion over discipline. Um, Discipline, like people see me as very disciplined. They're like, wow, you work a lot. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, I don't work a lot. This does not feel like work to me. This feels like such a gift. And I'm like, I don't project hustle culture onto me because they haven't yet found something that they're devoted to, that they want to, they want to rise out of their bed. They, whether they got their moon, whether their stars say, go to sleep, like Mercury's a retrograde, hide yourself in the closet. No, I'm devoted to experiencing what life has to offer and to holding space for people's expansions. And this is a part of it. So I am devoted to my clients' success and I'm devoted to my own success and their version of it and my version of it, which allows for a whole lot of nothing, a whole lot of sitting, a whole lot of like writing vertical. This is about how I work. This is about how I work. (laughs) Yeah. Very chilling, but it took, it took the devotion to moving through, am I good enough? It took devotion. It took devotion to sitting at the foot of a monk, him telling me every day I was perfect in all sorts of different ways and through story for me to finally like 
oh, we have that experience. Oh my God, I'm perfect. Holy shit. And then forgetting that and then coming back to it and forgetting it. (laughs) Yep. So anything you'd like to say around devotion or like anyone that's like thinking of putting their nine to five, going all in on themselves, serving their gifts to the world. What would you like to say to those people out there? I would like to say that the code that I'm carrying the most deeply, besides the somatics, besides the trauma, like learning about somatics and trauma and psychedelics and brain chemistry and like all of the goodness that's in this course, what I'm actually here to do is wake women healers up to the fact that they are creating their lives and that all that they need to do to get whatever they desire is first of all, allow themselves to desire it and then become the version of themselves that lives there effortlessly. And that is the journey. And I remember like one of the women in my program waking up to this reality, like finally, like boom, like, and she was so cute. She's like, have I been super annoying for the past three months? (laughs) And I was like, no, babe, it's okay. It takes time to wake up. And then I got to see her like, go back home and fall asleep and then like come back and then, uh, uh, oh wait, yeah, I'm doing this. Like I'm creating it. I am, I am. And so I think the devotion is just waking up my deepest devotion. The deepest devotion that I want to impart is to start asking yourself the question, if I was 100% responsible for my reality, if it really were only me, that's the question. Like write it down right now and go journal about it. If it really were only me, creating all of this. How would I feel? That's it. Like that's the devotion for me. You are such an amazing inspiration, teacher, guide, mirror. Thank Thank you you for this talk. I know it's going to help my audience so much. If you want to let the people know how they can join your amazing program, reach out to you and follow you on the interwebs, let them know now. Here's your chance. So Kyra Maestra on Instagram, but really the place where it's popping, where everything's happening is my Facebook group. It's called Somastry, Psychedelic Somatic Trainings for Coaches and Healers. So you guys can all find me there. I do weekly live trainings and we just do a lot of fun stuff over there. I'm going to be doing some fun, really inexpensive masterclasses in the next couple months as we gear up for the next launch so people can get a taste of what it's like to work with me. And also... Thank you so much for the doors of permission that you opened for me on this journey and taking that first step into financial abundance and financial freedom, because it really did impact me knowing like where we met and who you were and being like, okay, here's the second example that I have in my life that it's possible for me. And I hope that this and us talking about our history makes it possible for other people too, because it really, really, really is. Come on down from Broke Mountain and we'll just chill by the pool. Success. Yeah. Love you all. All right. So much for watching. Yay. Talk to you soon. Bye, babe. Bye.